And so art creating is one of the most beautiful and fun and enjoyable ways that you can access your own entrepreneurial spirit. And that can manifest in dozens and dozens of ways. Welcome to Forward with NACI, Inspiring Entrepreneurial Action, a podcast that shares the stories of everyday entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial leaders, and the communities that support us. We hope that this diverse collection of stories brings you inspiration, inspires you to take action, and ignites entrepreneurship in your community as we make our way forward together. Welcome to this episode of Forward with NACI. We're excited to be coming to you today from the Airfluence studio in beautiful downtown Raleigh. And we have a very special guest that's going to share with us about her exciting life experience, but also lean into creativity and how entrepreneurship can really be a game changer no matter where you are at your stage of life. So it is my pleasure to welcome Susie DeVille to the program. Susie, thank you so much for uh, being with us this morning. So to kick things off, why don't you just share with us uh, where you're coming from and just a little bit about your background to get us started. Sure. Well, thank you so much for, for inviting me. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. I am Susie DeVille, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovation and Creativity Institute. And I help entrepreneurs build exceptional aligned enterprises by tapping into their inspired creativity. And I'm also the author of Buoyant, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Becoming Wildly Successful, Creative, and Free. My educational background is in anthropology and entrepreneurship. And my work background is kind of a mix of a lot of different things, including academic publishing, real estate work actually owning my own real estate firm and then um, having built it to being a successful top producing firm. I sold it in 2018. I launched the Innovation and Creativity Institute in 2006. And um, I also have a background in nonprofit leadership. I launched two separate nonprofit organizations in my hometown community of Highlands, which is a mountain resort community absolutely beautiful. We are 4,118 feet up and we're situated on a plateau in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains. And Mm -hmm. this beautiful area, uh, as well as these old rolling Appalachian Mountains, definitely had a big hand in shaping who I am, my own character, as well as my connection with nature and her inspirational and creative powers. Susie, that's wonderful. And I can see on the screen behind you a copy of your book, Buoyant. And I I love the title, actually. And maybe that would be a good place to start because you gave us a real sense of sort of who you are. You're a fellow North Carolinian, which we love and lots of, um, you know, blessings, I, I guess is the way to say it in your life. But as we all know, transitioning through life, there's some challenges as well. So I'm guessing that buoyant might actually provide us with some advice or a framework, you know, for really sort of leaning into to what our purpose is uh, in life. So tell us a little bit about the cover and maybe what's yes. on the inside of buoyant. So the cover story is actually a circuitous journey, which is the story of creativity. I had the most incredible support from my publishing company, which is Page Two. They're 
based in Canada and their design team were infinitely patient. But ultimately what I really wanted to evoke in this cover was the sense of possibility, the inspirational nature of art and beauty. And I wanted it to completely mirror the branding of the Innovation and Creativity Institute so that when people see it and see my website and see how I move in the world through marketing and so forth, it all connected together. So it actually was beyond my wildest hopes and dreams. And um, just like a beautiful piece of abstract art, every time I look at it, I see a little something different in it. So it actually also looks like what could be viewed as a sunrise or a sunset in a nautical setting. And the little pieces, I'll I'll hold it up to the camera, the little pieces of washi tape are a nod to the creative process. And um, it also has these fantastic French flaps, which really set the book into having a very sturdy sort of yummy feel in your hand. So it's a very tactile experience, which is very (laughs) me. I am all about books and all about paper. So it really, it turned out just as fabulously as I, as I hoped it would be. You know, it's interesting um, hearing you talk about it and also seeing it. Those shapes remind me of post-it notes, which are sort of a staple for us design thinking connoisseurs, or I guess you would say. And interestingly enough, the first book project that I was involved in with the National Association for Community College Entrepreneurship was titled Community Colleges as Incubators of Innovation. And I had a conversation with our publisher about that because it was sort of this spider web cover. And I said, no, it, it can't be that. And I'll be sure to share with you a copy of our book, but it's not exactly what you have, but it really conveys sort of that spirit of, I think, creativity and design and really looking at assets. And I, I want to go back to something yes. that you said for a moment in terms of art and branding. And I think some people assume, you know, entrepreneurship only resides within the business school, or you mentioned your success as a real estate executive, having your own firm, which totally makes sense, but you've, you've pivoted. So maybe share with our listeners, how does art and entrepreneurship intersect and, and maybe explain it in such a way that people that really have a passion for a variety of different art can maybe start to see themselves potentially as an entrepreneur. Oh, I love this question. So I want to to begin with actually what let's define what creativity is because I think that gives people a doorway in because when we say art people can start to break out into a little bit of a sweat thinking, "Oh, that's a world that's not for me. I'm not an artist." So, my definition of creativity is that it's this swirling force of potentiality that exists in all of us. And I love the way Dylan Thomas talks about it in his poem. He says, it's through the green fuse that drives the flower. That's creativity. And if we think about ourselves as this green fuse, creativity is coming through us and the creative expression that's the result of that, which can be a piece of art. It can be a business. It can be a beautifully designed life. That comes through us through the act of making something. And I think that it's so prevalent in our culture that we believe that it's the end product that's the only important part of the process. And it is important, 
but not at the expense of the actual transformational journey that creating takes you on. So when we get into the boat of creating, it takes us over the seas of self-doubt and uncertainty, and it helps us really build the musculature for tolerating the ebbs and flows of being an entrepreneur. And so art creating is one of the most beautiful and fun and enjoyable ways that you can access your own entrepreneurial spirit. And that can manifest in dozens and dozens of ways. You may start a business, but you may decide, maybe I want to bring my entrepreneurial mindset to the work that I'm currently doing in the world and working from a place of agency and autonomy and tapping my vast creativity. Oh, wow, Susie, there's so much there. (laughs) And I I love that you mentioned um, poetry. One of our earlier guests this morning here in the studio was talking about his favorite poet and and that idea that the ability to forget is one of the the greatest gifts. So we had a really interesting (laughs) conversation on on that. But I love the analogy that you used of, of a flower. And I think about that Two, you know, really understanding what what you want to harvest to take your analogy a little bit further. Is it is it an annual that blooms bright, you know, for one year and you have to replant it, or is it something that establishes a deep root structure, something like asparagus? As a person from New Jersey, it takes two years before you can actually harvest anything. So I think that's uh, that's really rich. But I I and I love what you said about making. So maybe you could give us a little bit more on that. Um, uh, the the ability to make something and sure. tell us how how you how you see making and maybe give us some examples of how people can make art and and make their lives um, rich and fulfilling in the process absolutely so i came across this idea as part of this overarching idea that in order for us to really access our creativity we have to inspire ourselves first. And I don't mean inspire by um, the sort of classic notion of there's a light bulb that goes off over our head or some giant epiphany, but literally what inspire means is breathing in. So breathing in beauty, art, nature, and what brings us alive. That's the precursor to creativity. And in order to really be able to access that inspiring open focus of a creator, I advocate that we need what I call the five M's. And I'll just run through those really quickly because one of those is making something. So the first is morning pages, which is a nod inspired by Julia Cameron, the artist way author. Um, And that's just three pages of writing by hand every day. And it's essentially just getting all of your thoughts that may be jumbling and tumbling around in your mind out on paper. The second is meditation. And I'm not advocating that somebody sit for you know, an hour, um, but five minutes of quiet and just letting yourself focus on your breathing can be more than enough. The next is movement. So I go out on a hike every day in fresh air, but doing something that moves your body that you enjoy helps to really open up your attachment to your 
inspiration and help generate ideas. I get some of my best ideas on my walks. The fourth is moments of inspired learning. And that again, does not have to be complicated or time laden. One minute of listening to poetry can sometimes be more than enough to really fill the well for you. And then the last, the one that everybody fights me on is making something Mm -hmm. because we find it so impossible to believe that using these (laughs) built-in tools, um, using our hands to make something is really our access point. It's the portal through which we cross the threshold into this world of connecting to ourselves in such powerful ways and remembering what it is that brings us alive. And when we have that deep and profound connection to ourselves through the path of creativity, through making something, that's when we are able to connect with our ideal clients. And so when we see ourselves well through the power of making something, our clients can see us. And it can be such a simple thing. It can be opening up your journal and doing a quick five-minute sketch. And a lot of people will push back on that idea. I can't sketch. I can't. Yes, it's it's amazing that you actually can. (laughs) And the only rule of sketching is to look. What you will produce will surprise you. But it's more, again, than just what you make. It's what's happening to you while you're sketching. Your focus is coming back. Your awareness is coming back. You're almost in this meditative trance with the object of your attention. And your heart rate will settle down. Your brain will settle down. You will enter into this. It is a beautiful uh, meditation of movement that connects you back to your ideas, to your imagination, and to your intuition. You can do collaging. You can take things out of magazines and put them in your journal and make incredible shapes and collections of words and images, things that are almost like a vision board, things that you love to do or things that you aspire to have in your life. You can do watercolor, playing around with what watercolor does and how it behaves when you add more water or when you use it more dry. And I'm talking very simple tools that you can get at a discount store. Don't go buy expensive materials. You can start with very simple things. Or you can use acrylics. Acrylics are really fun. You can get a beginner student set and be painting immediately. I go through some very simple exercises that you can try in my book. You can go online and look for inspiration, but literally you could sit and sketch the object on your desk that captures your attention and drop into a state of unexpected beauty. Your car keys can become something completely artistic and captivating to you once you put your attention on it. No, there's so much there. I I love your five M's and even what you said a few minutes ago about your definition of creativity, that swirling force of potentiality for all of us. 
And truly what you're talking about is I think really the power of community colleges to open up those opportunities for people. I'm I'm thinking of someone that you will meet, Susie, at NACI's annual 20th anniversary conference in Boston in early October. Her name is uh, Dr. Karen Seda, and, and she's going to have a table. She is, is an art and creativity professor, but her discipline is psychology. And she's actually a Crayola ambassador. So I had oh, a conversation wow. with her and I was like, man, how'd you get that? So <laughs> if you can go to the store and, and truly even buy a box of crayons, like you said, you don't have to make a big investment. I wanted to share too, uh, an interesting icebreaker that I experienced a couple of years ago where the trainer said, okay, look at someone in the room, take a piece of paper and, and draw a picture of them. Mm-hmm. And so people were doing exactly what you said, kind of hemming and hawing. I don't draw, I'm not an artist. And then they, she gave everyone a couple of minutes and they said, now take that picture and present that to the person that you drew the picture of. And people were like, oh, I, can't, I don't know if I can do that, you know, <laughs> but then all of a sudden the room exploded with people just laughing and just feeling seen, which was really cool. So, yes. and I imagine you probably do all kinds of things um, in, in your work. And we're very excited that you're going to be with us at our annual conference in Boston. We have Um, an exhibit hall where we're going to hopefully have some of your books so that people that want to come and meet you and and purchase and get a signed copy of your book can do so. But I want to, as our time runs short, talk about maybe some strategies for people that might be stuck. And I'm thinking maybe people that find themselves maybe living in a community where they're aren't a lot of beautiful things right in front of them. Maybe they're at a a season in their life where they're not where they need to be and they need to get unstuck and start to think about things differently. Maybe a couple pieces of advice, Susie, that you could give to everyone who all of us get stuck at one point in our lives. How can we get unstuck? Absolutely. So the first thing I would suggest is to remember what it is that really brings you alive. And a lot of times as we get busy as adults or our situations change in our lives and where we have to change our hobbies or we have to change our ways of being in the world, we can forget those things that we used to do. And I have a lot of clients who will say, well, there's really nothing. And and in the next breath, they will say, oh, but you know, I used to dot, dot, dot. I would love for people who are in a sort of season of winter to spend a few minutes. And this is a way to find beauty without traveling anywhere. (laughs) You can do this in the comfort of your living room. And that is to think back on the things that you used to love to do that you're not doing anymore. And see if you can find one thing that you can bring into your life again. And it could be something like, I used to love to go to museums, or I used to love to go fishing, or I used to love to be on stage or go to performances or travel, whatever it is. See if you can reconnect with that. The next thing is, I think this is the most accessible of the five M's for people sometimes and can render the biggest. Uh, magical returns. So let's go back and talk about morning pages again. When we are in this time of perhaps struggle or anxiety, 
and we're feeling stuck. A lot of anxiety and um, barrier to our creative problem solving is through all of the jumbled thoughts. So if you begin a very simple journaling practice and you do it every single morning and you can start with just one page and it doesn't have to be full sentences. It doesn't have to be anything that makes sense to anybody. It can sometimes my morning pages are three pages of just whining (laughs) (laughs) or frustration or, or could be celebratory. Like this morning I celebrated for three pages of all kinds of exciting things that are going on. But believe me, I have days where it's three pages of yuck. (laughs) And it is so interesting how quickly morning pages works on you and works on your ability to regain your sense of clarity and your connection to the most powerful parts of yourself and your intuition. So when you get that back, you start to be able to, "Hmm, maybe, maybe I'll try this instead. You have a new sense of authentic empowerment and confidence to try new things or confidence to maybe try something that, that you haven't tried yet. That may be the thing that gets you out of the stuck place that you're in, but morning pages, regardless of what season you're in is I think just a vital practice for all of us because it's our sort of doorway into the other four M's. And it gives us this ability to, to remember that the agency that we seek is within us. We do have power to change our lives and to make different decisions, but there's something about that journaling practice that is sort of like a little friendly tap on the shoulder that helps us get back up and have the willingness to try again. Oh, that's that's so powerful. And I I love how you framed all of that in terms of the five M's. So as we close out, I just want to remind people of your advice to all of us and, and morning pages, which you were just speaking about. Meditation, even if it's one or two minutes in a quiet place, makes a huge difference. Movement, moving your body, you know, whether it's taking a walk or doing even chair exercises if people can't get up. Mm -hmm. Um, Moments of inspired learning, which I think everyone who's listening uh, to this episode is is being inspired as I am by you. And then making something, um, whatever that is. So Susie, you're an inspiration to me. I can't wait to meet you in person in Boston. And I just hope that everybody will really gather something important and just begin from where you are. And if you have the opportunity, you can, I'm sure, purchase uh, Buoyance on Amazon mm-hmm. and, and read it. And if you <laughs> want to join us in Boston, you can meet Susie too. So I just wish you a wonderful day and everyone who's listening around the world to this conversation. Conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've, I've loved being here with you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you will continue to explore the many ways to define entrepreneurship with NACI as we celebrate opportunity, failing forward, and success, learning from one another along the way. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and follow at NACI on social media and learn more about us at nacy.com forward slash podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode each week. We look forward to making our way forward together with you.
Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www.nacyplaybook.com.